Diversion Audio. Rat Race got you down? something strange on your TV screen. Who are you going to call? The shows we watched! Yay! <laughs> uh, yes, carve your pumpkin, bob your apple, and stuff yourself with Reese's Cups. Ooh. It's the shows we watched Halloween special! They <laughs> 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 were just using Halloween to get candy! Who cares? Are going to be 40? Trick or treating at 40? Why are they Buy a free candy? I'm 40 have... years old! Cause... I want free candy! You know what? Not everybody Hello and welcome to the shows we watched with me, Emily Johnston. And me, James King, and it's a very simple premise for this week's Halloween special. Oh yeah, it's our favourite Halloween-themed TV episodes this week. Oh, there are so many of them, aren't mm. there? So many. It could almost be a whole podcast series. Mm. I think because of the costumes and the parties and the ghosts and ghouls and the tricks and treats, Halloween is such a good setting for comedy, for drama as well, but especially for sitcoms. All right, we have to temper this a bit though for time. Yeah. So we can each choose three favorites and I'm going to let you start with your three. Okay, three favorite Halloween episodes. Right, okay. I will start off with a bit of Curb Your Enthusiasm, one of my favorite shows. So we'll go to season two, episode three, brilliantly titled Trick or Treat. Now, this being Larry David, of course, he has to do a Halloween episode slightly differently. Mm. He's not just going to celebrate it like everyone else because he doesn't really celebrate much Larry David let's <laughs> <Anything>. be honest <laughs> apart from you know getting one over on his enemy but but he doesn't really celebrate much so a lot of this episode actually is a fairly sort of standard curb your enthusiasm episode a lot of textbook Larry laughs so you know he deals with the usual issues he deals with Judaism because he's accused of being a bad Jew because he listens to Wagner music and he deals with disability. Larry doesn't have the guts to tell his friend who's in a, in a wheelchair that he plays golf because he thinks it will offend him. So these <laughs> awkward moments that we know and love about Larry David, awkward flirtations, awkward ordering off menu in a restaurant and awkward arguments about the invention of the Cobb salad. Um, <laughs> some lovely awkward moments, but there is this Halloween element to it as well. Here's the problem. Larry thinks that if you open the door to trick-or-treaters and they're like clearly older teenagers, 16, 17 years old, they haven't even bothered to dress up yeah. in fancy dress costume. Larry says, no, I'm not going to give you treats. That's a con. And he gets his house TP'd as a result. This is a great example of Larry being a stickler for his rules. Uh, it's, it's a great example of his logic. 
Now, of course, Cheryl, is his long-suffering wife, is shouting, who cares? She says yeah. it over and over again. Who cares? Yeah. It's like my mum with my dad. Who cares, Michael? Um, you know, <laughs> he, in her world, she'd just give everyone candy. She doesn't yeah. have these rules. She doesn't have these logic. this logic. But Larry does, and he ends up being labelled a bald asshole. And it's genius, <laughs> I think, because we can kind of see how his brain is working. We yeah. can kind of see his logic. And there is some logic to... Well, hang on, trick-or-treating isn't... It, the deal is you entertain me in a way by dressing up and saying happy Halloween and being yeah. fun, and I reward you. Yeah, that's very true. With candy. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, and if you're clearly too old to do it, yeah. why should I give you anything? Yeah. But I guess it's missing the kind of warmth and happiness of the occasion. Well, it's just classic Larry David, isn't yeah. it? That he just takes a situation that most people would ignore <laughs> and he just like sticks a red hot poker in yes. it. Yes. Whereas Cheryl just goes with the flow. And that, of course, is the joy of their relationship. Yeah. Um, is that I don't think he's ever just gone with the flow in his life. He's incapable. But it's a, that is actually a brilliant showcase of yeah. of exactly what Larry David is because of course most human beings on this planet if two kids or older teenagers come to yeah. your door you're just gonna be like okay take the Snickers bar and go like and of course the the element we often forget about trick or treating is that it is or treat or trick true. or treat it's so if there's no true. treat you will get tricked yeah and he did and he did get uh, there's a lot of toilet paper and uh, they wrote bald asshole on his house like, I often wondered about that episode if that was yeah. I would be a lot more upset if someone spray painted I think he's used to it isn't he? on my front door <laughs> I think Larry is used to get, having people <laughs> abuse I, well, him by now or he's so filthy rich so he's like oh yeah. we'll just have that taken care of this afternoon but it wasn't I, they, they walked out and the big surprise for both of them of course was the teepeeing yeah. and then they turned around and the big surprise for me was what was written on the door <laughs> so I thought that was brilliant there's another bit of teepeeing in my um, have you ever done that by the way Oh, I'm not going to say yes or no. That's such I know a my yes. mom and dad are going to listen It's to such us. a yes, because if it was a no, you'd just say no. <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth as an American citizen. There's more TPing in my second favourite Halloween episode. So we go over to another of my favourites, Parks and Recreation, Season 2, Episode 7, Greg Pikaitis, uh, where we see Leslie Nope, the brilliant Amy Poehler, She's in real dirty Harry mode in this one, isn't she? She is taking her job very seriously. And that in itself is always a gag. And that's kind of at the heart of Parks and Rec. Mm. How seriously she takes her job. That's brilliant. Way too seriously. At one point in this, she's compared to a serial killer because she's so intense. <laughs> and she takes it as a compliment. She likes that comparison. Uh, but this is primarily about Leslie on October 31st, stalking this high school kid called Greg Pekaitis. Which is a brilliant name. It sounds so like a, an illness. It's, it it's sounds fantastic. like an STD. Exactly. <laughs> I've got a touch of the old Greg Pekaitis. Uh, you can get an ointment for that. It's fine. It'll clear up. Um, now, she claims that Greg, every year on Halloween, trashes one of Pawnee's statues. Um, and this year, she's determined to, to catch him. Mm. Um, and it's hilarious just how much she hates him, how much she loathes this boy. He's just a boy. Mm. Uh, she wants to waterboard him. <laughs> but she hates him because he doesn't respect the rules. Yeah. Um, and she's a real stickler for the rules, as and we know. And he gets away with it. And he gets away with it. And she hates that just, she hates that casual rebelliousness mm. that he has. But the funny thing is, is the more uptight she gets... When she does interrogate him, 
he's just so laid back about it. And yeah. that just winds her up all the more. Yeah. It winds her up that he's so chilled. Yeah. Um, you also get a nice uh, interrogation scene featuring Chris Pratt, who <laughs> so of course plays good. Andy. And and Burt Macklin is this regular alter ego, isn't he? He's sort of, he, who, who he pretends to be throughout Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Uh, Burt Macklin, the FBI uh, interrogator. Very funny scene between Greg and, and Chris Pratt as Burt Macklin. Um, there is an, another storyline going on. There's a Halloween party, Anne's Halloween party, and you've got Ron dressed as a pirate, and it's fun. But mm. the Greg Bikaita story, the teenage criminal mastermind versus Leslie Nope, the bureaucrat, that's what's <laughs> so brilliant about this episode. And the payoff at the end, oh, it's a peach. It is just I'm perfect. Don't remind me of the... Well, we 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 are we always wonder. Oh, 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 no. oh, we yeah, always okay. wonder how does Greg do this? You're going to give it away. No, I'm just saying that we do okay. find out how yeah. Greg does it. Okay, and it is quite brilliant, actually. Sorry, I just had a he, total he is, Sorry, Leslie, the guy is a genius. He's yeah. a teenage criminal mastermind. I did. I, yeah, I will say without ruining it that I do remember watching that going. God, that kid deserves every accolade he gets for pulling that off. Like, that was some dedication. He's got a name that sounds like an STD, but he's got brains. That's the main thing. He's got a brain that thinks like the FBI. <laughs> and I'm going to end with a bit of Charlie Brown, actually. I feel that every holiday season and, and major event throughout the year, we should have a Charlie Brown moment. It's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. Uh, is the Halloween special first aired October 27th, 1966 on CBS. And you have the sort of the holy trinity of, of the Charlie Brown shows making this. So Bill Melendez, who's the director, of course, Charles M. Schultz, who's the writer, and that brilliant music by Vince Guaraldi, that fantastic mm. jazz music. Um, and right from the start, this looks gorgeous. Right from the start, you see like a pink sun, you see mm. a pink sky rather and the low sun and the fallen leaves. And just like within about 20 seconds, you are in the fall, you are in autumn, you yeah. are in October. It's yeah. so stylish. Um, and like a lot of the the Charlie Brown specials, it's essentially just a sort of collection of, of, of skits. And yeah. You get the Snoopy Red Baron stuff and you get some Sally and Charlie with the football stuff. Yeah. And, um, and you get Linus. Oh, Linus. I think I was Linus. Um, you were Sally, right? He was always, well, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to be. <laughs> um, Linus waiting for the Great Pumpkin because he kind of imagines this sort of Easter Bunny type figure, Santa Claus type figure called the Great Pumpkin that's going to arrive on Halloween. Oh, when he writes the letter, my yeah. heart just bursts. I do find my heart bursting quite a lot watching shows like this. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the fact that this was way back in the era when if you went to a Halloween party and we see a nice, you know, fancy dress Halloween party, you could essentially, if you're a kid, just put on a white sheet with a couple of holes and you'd be a, like a ghost. Yeah. That's all you needed to do. <laughs> or a raccoon hat. <laughs> a, maybe a mask, a witch mask with a hooked nose. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And now we pay so much attention to the fancy dress costumes. That's so true. But I, think, so I think Heidi Klum and Seal ruined it. You know. Oh, you should suggest they do this for the next <laughs> Halloween. Just go simple, guys. Yeah. Uh, and what I love about all these specials, these Charlie Brown specials, because of course there are many of them, is that they're so good at seasons. They're so good at holidays. You get an Easter one, you get a Christmas one. They're just capturing the magic of childhood at those times of year. So the other ones I've mentioned, Curb and Parks and Rec, obviously a bit more adult, a bit more knowing, a bit more cheeky. But there's an innocence about Charlie Brown, isn't there? And yes, and they classic kind of classic as well. Classic, yeah. And I, I think that that style of the kids 
speaking in an adult way because they're mm. almost like mini philosophers, aren't they? they? Some are. of the things that they say. <laughs> they are. Um, and, and Charlie especially has like the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. But there is still that really naive innocence about it. So. But I'm, I was, I'm really, when you sent over your list of the three episodes, I yeah. was really surprised that this was on there. And, and excuse my naivety on this one, but I, it didn't occur to me that that would be something that would be big over here. Any of the Charlie Browns, actually. Well, the, I'd say the biggest ones are the Christmas ones. Right. Although I do remember the Easter Beagle um, one as well, which obviously is the Easter yeah. uh, special <laughs> with Snoopy as the Easter Beagle. Um, but no, they're not as big over here okay. as they are in the States. But I think that's why I liked them growing up, um, because they had a kind of um, foreign quality about them. Where did you watch it then? They, they were shown. Okay. Yeah, but I think in the States, if I'm right, they are they're just like a regular thing. They're almost okay. like part of the fabric. It's like launching the season. Yeah, I can exactly. remember watching the Halloween. And so when you were just describing the autumnal opening, yeah. for me, I have such a visceral response to that because... That almost was the it was it was around the same sort of time of going back to school yeah. and you know autumn is coming and it, it that was sort of the opening of the season the whole kicking the leaves up yeah and, you know it, it was my childhood and so watching that obviously as a youth you don't understand you just think oh it's soupy it's great yeah you know? yeah uh, and then as an adult you can flip back into those scenarios and think this really is just like flipping open a scrapbook of my childhood. And so actually it's it's so much, I was so happy when you chose that, but I was so pleasantly surprised that it was something that also was watched by anyone outside of America. I just, you know, maybe that's just me being a closed-minded American over there being like, nothing else happens anywhere else. But I was just so happy to see it on the list, James. Well, we're going to be talking about your list um, coming up. Emily's three favourite Halloween episodes um, here on the shows we watched. Plus... The Adams family are, of course, Halloween icons. We know all about Angelica Houston and Christopher Lloyd and Christina Ricci from the 90s movie, what they did next. Whatever happened, though, to Jimmy Workman, a.k.a. Pugsley Adams? The answer's coming up. listening to the shows we watched with me james king and me emily johnston whatever happened to jimmy workman little jimmy workman who played pugsley adams in the uh, the 90s movie the adams family worst name ever in his li- <laughs> what pugsley or jimmy workman pugsley. well listen you know they they were kind of um, ghoulish weren't they and monstrous but I, he was a bit pudgy, so I always thought there was like a. Oh uh, right, knock okay, on, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me and my own weight issues coming. Well, there. no, I mean, I guess that the original Charles Adams uh, illustrations. Yeah. The, that's how he looked with his little stripy T-shirt, didn't he? Um, and there've been several actors who played him in the in the original TV show, the sixties TV show. Mm. Unfortunately, the guy's not around anymore. But he had the brilliant name of Ken Weatherwax. Oh my gosh! Um, and then the most recent Pugsley, because we've had an animated version of the Adams Family more recently, a couple of movies, is voiced by Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, who really doesn't oh, wow. look like Pugsley Adams at all. But no. I guess he does have that Stranger Things slightly sort of um, terrifying connection. Wait, so that's animated? Yeah, that's the animated. And what version. does the animated character look like? Um, he looks like you'd expect Pugsley. him to look like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the one that I remember is the guy from the 90s movies. Mm. Um, and this is Jimmy Workman. Such a cutie. 
Now, his older sister went to audition for the role of Wednesday. Okay. Didn't get it. But right. Jimmy was spotted because he was with her. And that's how he got the role. That's how he was cast, oh, God, which has got to hurt. That had to be a bad car ride home. <laughs> and he's now 42 years old. He works behind the scenes in film production and transportation, still very much involved in the industry. But he is the older brother of Ariel Winter, who played Alex on Modern Family. No. Yeah. I mean, quite significantly older. Well, yeah, I'm trying to do the math quickly in my yeah, head. Like, what, but, 20 years yeah, older? <laughs> but that is his younger sister. Her wow. real name is is um, is Ariel Workman. Wow, she went with Winter as her stage yeah. name, eh? Yeah. So there <laughs> you go. So that's what he's up to now. Um, are you talking about Modern Family? I am. Yeah, I think it's the last one on my list. But wait, okay. like, you know, go ahead and throw that one out there. Ruin yeah. my list for me. James. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will just be that everyone will just wait for the end. Then yeah, yeah. you have to guess which Halloween I thought, episode I choose. Well, I knew that you liked the show, and I thought there was a, a connection. So yeah, Ariel Winter. He's Pugsley Adams' little sister. There you go. I'm trying in my head to picture that, uh, them as siblings, because actually when she starts on Modern Family, it would have been around the same age that he was yeah. in the Adams family. And I'm in my head right now, I'm trying to piece those faces <laughs> You're together. You're picturing her in a stripy t-shirt. <laughs> Does like, she okay, look like it? Okay. So we know that Modern Family is going to be one of your yes. faves. Uh, what about the other ones, Emily? Okay, so we're going to start with how I met your mother. Yeah. Now this one's a. I, I'm. I, I'm going to be a bit cheeky here, and I apologize because I know we had rules. Only three episodes, but this is like, like a two episode thing. But it's the first episode, and I'm going to casually mention the follow up. Okay. Okay. Explain. So the first episode of this is from season one, episode six. It's the first Halloween episode for How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. And it's called Slutty Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. I mean, the name already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. instantly you're already like, okay, I know this is going to yeah. be in America. It's funny, that's my nickname for my wife, but there we go. <laughs> what a coincidence. Oh, she's going to kill you. <laughs> um, and it is basically, it just showcases the most romantic Ted. And we know, I mean, the whole show is based on, on Ted being this yeah. hopeless romantic. Yeah. Obviously, he's telling the story of how he met his, his the mother of his children, his yeah. wife to his children, and you're in this lead up. And we're in season one, right? So I think at this point, when I first watched this episode, I thought, oh my God, the slutty pumpkin could be the one because maybe this is just a one series, yeah. one season gig. Yeah. And we're getting towards the, the back end of it. So he's going to have to meet her eventually. And the whole thing revolves around him going to a rooftop party. And he meets a, a woman dressed in this about well, I mean hey I'm a slutty pumpkin well, she, I mean essentially she's just a pumpkin isn't she really? she is but I think they say in the show with uh, the right cutouts <laughs> is how they phrase it fair enough yeah um, and she pours a drink that apparently is her version of an alcoholic tootsie roll and they fall in love and she writes her number on a Kit Kat and then he goes downstairs puts the Kit Kat and Marshall's bowl that he's yeah. or puts it next to the bowl of candy whatever anyway the Kit Kat goes oh, a missing Ted accosts a child to try and get it back and then for the next well I think it was like 10 years so you're hearing this in season one and you're seeing this Halloween unroll with the fourth year that he's standing on this rooftop terrace waiting for this girl to come back he keeps thinking yeah. she's going to come back yeah and uh, and you're you're really rooting for Ted because he's like this is this is the woman of my dreams. I have yeah. to keep doing this. And do we so, see who who is the slutty no, pumpkin? We just right. see the slutty pumpkin from behind, right? Okay, which is why I have to mention the next episode yeah. because so listener, obviously he doesn't meet the slutty pumpkin. Yeah. It ends on a note where he's sitting on the rooftop with Robin and they're everything's fine. And and then you think, well, that's the end of the slutty pumpkin. Yeah, right. 
aha, it is not the end of the slutty pumpkin. Fast forward six seasons to season seven, episode eight. Right. And the slutty pumpkin is revealed. Wow, that's a slow burn, isn't it? I mean, I feel like the writers must have been like, what should we do this week? <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween, let's bring back the slutty pumpkin. Or yeah. they might have just had a well-placed call from a very big celebrity saying she wants to be in How I Met Your Mother. Right. I don't know. And who is that uh, well-placed celebrity? Katie Holmes. Oh, it's you. <laughs> Listeners, um, listeners, we should point out that uh, Emily lives in Dawson's Creek. Uh, well, I live in what James likes to think is Dawson's Creek. It, it does no, look remarkably like it Dawson's is Daw- Creek. Listen, don't don't ruin the image. You live in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, but there was no Dawson for me, sadly. No. There was Creek, but no Dawson. No Creek, but no Dawson. Well, plenty no, of Creek, creek but no, no Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. Um, so Katie Holmes is revealed as the slutty pumpkin. She is. And the whole thing actually takes kind of a nice spin because it's a bit of a last and learner that sometimes we can put too much on the idea of love and that when we do that it can put too much pressure on things and then it unravels greatly who would do that (laughs) james i'm gonna strangle you Um, so basically what happens, and of course, this is, it was, I was watching this at a rather <laughs> inopportune time. Sensitive time in your emotional <laughs> existence. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, although watching Katie Holmes sing One Week by a Naked Lady. Brilliant. She's great, isn't she? She's amazing. I like, you know, I think we should give Katie Holmes more respect than we do. We, she's so associated with Tom Cruise. She is, yeah. Um, that actually, but we forget that actually, I think she's, I think she's very funny. I think she's really funny she's in this episode. funny. I thought she was amazing. Yeah. And really a, a great actress in the way that it unfolds at the end. And I won't ruin it in case anyone hasn't seen it. And it is an episode worth watching. Yeah. The first one's my favorite because I think it's a little bit more on the romantic side. And the yeah. second one is a lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit harsh to watch. But there, it's a beautiful pairing. So yeah. if you're looking for something on a night to watch yeah. on, on Halloween, Halloween, those two fit perfectly together. And if you've seen the se- all seasons, you can go back and yeah. just sort of have a walk down memory lane. So where do we go next then? Okay, so we go somewhere completely different. Uh, we head to the office. Ah, okay. Yes, to Dunder Mifflin. Yes, to Dunder Mifflin. Um, and Michael's paper mache head <laughs> on his shoulder. Which that's I'm, his Halloween outfit, isn't it? That's his, his Halloween costume. Um, it is it's such a, it is actually, I think, voted like one of the best Halloween episodes the world over when people Mm. talk about TV episodes. And when we first decided to do the show, it instantly popped up in my head as an episode that I would want to talk about because I find it such an interesting storyline that they start the whole show with this idea that Michael has to let go one of the members of staff. And you see all of these members of staff dressed ridiculously and you think, so they're all going to have to go beg for their job wearing those outfits. Uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's such uh, that, that contrast of how they look versus the seriousness of the situation. It's just brilliant writing. It really is. And the cast is brilliant and it's just carried impeccably. And it is a classic episode for a reason. And it's just because it hits so many different points and it it maybe doesn't have that as much of the festive feel, but I think it has the more realistic feel. And if you're an adult and you're working in an office in America and you're talking about Halloween, then these are the sort of things that you think about. So, And then actually a really beautiful moment right at the end mm. with trick-or-treaters and it, yes. and it almost kind of changes the whole 
atmosphere of the of the episode the mood for me it changed the whole mood of the episode it was a really sweet i'm not gonna say what it is but it's just a really sweet moment and, and your you, opinion of michael exactly, like we don't have to say yeah. what happened but yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you i absolutely agree with you and i feel like that's why that show is so good because it can make him out to be such a goofball idiot yeah that you have no respect for and then i don't think there was a dry eye in the house when, yeah when when, when That's a very happens. interesting difference to the to the UK show because we never saw where he lived in the UK show. Oh yeah, I didn't even and, think about that. Um, I think that that generally speaking, the the character that Ricky Gervais played, mm. um, David Brent, was kind of a bit more likable in his daily life. He was still a goofball and still an idiot, yeah. but a bit more likable than Michael Scott. I would agree with that. Um, whereas uh, Michael is he's a, he's a bit colder. Um, but Harsher then as well, there I are feel. little moments like the finale of that Halloween episode that just change your opinion of it. They're so beautiful. Yeah. But interestingly, I feel like that carries nicely into Modern Family. Yes, we talked to Ariel Winter earlier. Um, but, one of the stars. <laughs> but which I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, she was in a cage, I think, <laughs> for that episode. But when we talk about the workplace, of course, um, Mitchell... Is it a Spider-Man costume at work? And there's this beautiful moment of him overhearing people talking. I say, sorry, this is season two, episode six of Modern, Modern Family. Family. Yeah. And Mitchell overhears people talking in the hall. He's just started a new job and they're talking about what they're going to wear on Halloween. He's like, oh, great. Everybody dresses up for Halloween. And so only two people show up dressed for Halloween. And Mitchell comes in this great, like, muscly Spider-Man costume. <laughs> and luckily, I, it's just it's just a beautiful moment of, uh, obviously, he gets there and he's like, oh, God, I can't be wearing this. And you watch this whole thing unfold. And again, it's in an office setting. And as an adult for Halloween, it's addressing how Halloween is so different for us as adults as it was as kids. Yeah. It's not Charlie Brown anymore. Anymore, is no, it? it's very much if you're still indulging in Halloween, somehow you're a child and, and grown-ups don't do such things. Uh, and it's it's a beautiful moment with that. But for me, I think with Modern Family, where the reason I chose this as my my Halloween episode was because of what happens in the home with the whole family when they're doing the haunted house. And for me, I just think that's so, so beautiful. And um, the opening scene of this Halloween episode is one of my favorites. I don't think I laughed or like shrieked sad at anything as when, was it um, Claire? Claire and Phil. So Claire is downstairs chopping something up for breakfast and she chops off her fingers and the, <laughs> the kid comes in and he's like so used to his mom loving Halloween. He's like, yeah, whatever, mom. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes to like grab the hand and, and the hand actually is his dad's. It's under, like, it's a play hand, but then it's a, the whole thing just unfolds beautifully. And you're like, oh God, this is going to be such a good episode. And the the whole thing about Modern Family, obviously, is that we see so much reflected. There's still something you'll see. Yeah. No matter what family you come from, there there's a reflection of your own in that family. And so you see them all come together for the haunted house and you see the passion that doesn't exist there. And then one of them gets really upset and the passion comes to console. And it's just a really beautiful coming together moment. And I, I, I love it. It warms my heart to watch that episode. Uh, I know the answer to this question, which is why I'm asking it to you. Emily, okay. what would be your ideal, your dream Halloween costume? Oh God. You know the answer. Yeah, because you posted about it on Instagram. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes. I just remember. Yes. Wow, you're sp- you're paying more attention than I am these days. So my dream Halloween costume is from a George Michael video. <laughs> it's Thierry Mugler. <laughs> it's basically the what do you call that? A motorcycle? 
yeah. motorcycle frontage. Yeah, the, with a the handlebars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's too from the Too Funky video. Right, okay. Yeah, and I love it. And I can't believe you remembered that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's never happened. This is just a dream. No. It's, it's a dream still no. to be realized. I'm pretty sure someone would hospitalize me <laughs> if they saw me walking down the street in that outfit. They'd be like, ma'am, we know you think London, you can wear anything, but not here. <laughs> Listen, I'd just go for Pugsley Adams in a stripy t shirt. It's a lot <laughs> easier, isn't it? We know what we're doing. A lot easier. Happy Halloween, Emily. Happy Halloween, Jay. If you'd like to send us an email, a voicemail, a comment, an idea for the show, or just want to say hi, our email address is theshowswewatched at gmail.com. That's theshowswewatched at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and may use your message in a future show. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Diversion Pods. Of course, we are on, on those as well, aren't we? I'm James King Movies. <laughs> we are, and I'm at Emily Jane Johnston. And The Shows We Watched is a production of Diversion Audio. This season was written, researched, and hosted by us, Emily Johnston and James King. Our supervising producer and sound mixer is Mark Francis, based on a concept by John Tuttle. And our head of marketing is Erica Farmer, and the original theme music is by Tyler Cash. The shows we watched was recorded at Vox Pod Studios in London and executive produced by Jacob Bronstein, Mark Francis, and Scott Waxman for Diversion Audio. listening to the shows we watched with me james king oh god can you do it again i'm so sorry i was just about to cough <laughs> keep that bit sorry one more time one more time Version Audio.